everybody, Jonathan Doyle with you once again. Welcome aboard to the Supply Side Podcast. Today, another one of these short interim episodes. Time is the great commodity. Time is the thing that is in limited supply. And the great thing about time is it's no respecter of persons. So time is such a crucial resource because it goes to the rich, to the poor, to everybody gets the exact same allocation. Of course, that doesn't happen with other commodities, but it definitely happens with time. So thanks for sharing a little bit of your time with me today as we talk about supply side, we talk about global macro, we talk about predictive classical economics, this idea that there are certain forces that structure the cosmos and if we align choices and behavior with them in the economic realm, we might just have a chance of weathering some of the global macro weather that's been coming our way at least since 1971 and the collapse of the gold standard. I don't know if you've, uh, if you've ever received an email from me, but my email signature of late is a quote from Ayn Rand. I love this quote. She said, we have to submit to reality, money and technology and ideological terrorism can only keep reality at bay for so long. I love that. We have to submit to reality. Money and technology and ideological terrorism can only keep reality at bay for so long. Now today, I actually want to talk about reality. I want to talk about a very specific reality that took place around 2007, 2008. You may be familiar with it. It's called the global financial crisis. There's many fascinating theories about the exact causes. Was it derivatives? What else could have caused it? A whole bunch of theories. But you know what? i got something special for you this morning. Because today, we're talking economic prophecy. How good would it be to have an economic crystal ball? I'm reading Lord of the Rings to my uh, 10-year-old son. We've been reading it uh, each night for a long time. Those of you who've read it know it takes a little while. It's fantastic. But you'll remember that there's a part in the book where there are these seeing stones, where the different sort of main protagonists in the story can communicate and see what's happening and get glimpses of the future. So glimpses of the future in economics, and that's what it's all about, right? Every single macro newsletter, every every quant is trying to figure out what's happening next. And, of course, we only really work that part out in hindsight and we work out who did get it right. But today, I've got something special. I've been really enjoying Richard Duncan's famous book, The Dollar Crisis. So that's I've been working through that slowly relatively new to economics, so I've got to just take it slowly. But I want to share with you a great quote. Last night, Karen was out at a parent-teacher meeting. I was getting the kids ready for bed. They're still young. And there I am sitting at the the breakfast bar, the kitchen bench, reading Richard Duncan's The Dollar Crisis. And here I am on page 138. Now, before I read you this, I need you to understand that this was written, wait for it, drumroll please, in 2002. Six years before the global financial crisis. Listen to this carefully. He says, If history is any guide, the United States is very likely to be hit by a systemic crisis in the financial sector. The development of securitization may have shifted the risks away from commercial banks. 
Nevertheless, the unwinding of the excesses of the 1990s, wait for it, here it comes, is very likely to inflict extraordinary damage on some other parts of the financial sector, regardless of whether the crisis manifests itself within the insurance industry, within within one or more of the government-sponsored enterprises, government-sponsored enterprises, Fannie Mae, anybody, Freddie Mac, or within the banking sector, the government will probably be compelled, for political reasons, to spend very large sums of money cleaning up the mess. Now, that was written six years before the GFC, and he's picked it. He's picked government-sponsored enterprises. He's, he's picked that this was going to be a major financial crisis rolling into the banking sector. And importantly, he, of course, picked out the fact that governments would spend huge amounts of money cleaning up the problem. As I said in a previous episode, some countries spent up to 55% of GDP cleaning up financial crises and bailing out banks, and the average rate is 16% of GDP that countries pay to fix up their banking system every time we have banking banking instability and banking collapse. So how good is that? Six years before the GFC, he, he saw it coming and... Why this is important is because these collapses, I think it's fair to say, really impact those who can least afford it. Five years after the GFC, there was only one major prosecution for anything that happened in terms of derivatives and other shadow banking and shadiness. So this is important because in a just society, and what we want is a just society, we're happy to have rich, there's always going to be poor. But what we want is a strong, flourishing middle class, producing goods and services, strong sectors of the economy. But when these things happen, we get significant imbalances, and those who normally cause the issues seem to get payouts. So these are significant issues. So well done to Richard Duncan pulling that out six years in advance. So the question is, what's coming down the line? What have we learned? What's changed? For those of you paying attention the amount of liquidity floating around the global financial system since COVID's just shy of 20 trillion excess dollars. And I'm not sure that we've, there's been some new regulation around banks' capitalization and, and reserves, but you want to convince yourself that things are going to be very different or much different the next time around. All right, let me know. Post a comment. Let me know what you think. Put in some some comments there. And uh, please make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Everything else you can find about us is on supplysidepartners.com. If you want to email me, get me at jonathan at supplysidepartners.com. Please share this with a few people. My name's Jonathan Doyle. This has been the Supply Side Podcast, and I'll have another message for you very soon. <laughs>